Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. I'm a feminist, but when I had the builders in recently, I asked one of them to hang a picture up for me next time he came. And when he returned, he said, I've bought you a little lady hammer so you can do it for yourself. (laughs) And I was outraged until I saw it, and it was so cute. (laughs) Do you want to see it? Yes. Brought the little lady hammer. Is it okay. pink? Is it pink? No, Is no, it pink? but it's just fucking oh. adorable. Wait till you see it. You're thinking it's just a hammer. No. <laughs> Can I have a... Yeah. You can't kill a man with this. <laughs> just, not that I, you know, just saying. Like. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but um, I went out on a date the other week and I offered to split the bill. And then when the guy said, okay, I was like, I didn't mean it. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud. I said it in my head. But, you know, I, I purposely pulled out the Visa Electron, like the crappy card, so he'd think I was poor. Um, and, he st- and he still said, yeah, OK. What a twat. <laughs> jokes, jokes. If you're a man... It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. I'm a feminist, but when the builder asked to borrow my little lady hammer laser... <laughs> I didn't want his great big man hands on it, so I said, no, it's for ladies only. 
I'm a feminist, but last time I came back from holiday, I was on the underground. Um, I was carrying some luggage, and a man said, pretty ladies shouldn't hold their own suitcases. And I agreed. And I, <laughs> and I threw my suitcase at him. <laughs> and I said, follow me. Sounds like you did it powerfully, though. You didn't go... That would be lovely. Or just a little bit heavy. You went, yes, you're right. Follow me. <laughs> the ability to throw one suitcase kind of implies you can carry it. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but sometimes if I'm eating cake or chocolate and someone comes into the room, I hide it instinctively. <laughs> and then I feel stupid for feeling ashamed, but I can't bring it out because the person will be like, why are we keeping biscuits under the sofa? <laughs> So if I go to your house, I'll look under your sofa and I'll see, like, rich teas and stuff. Rich teas? I wouldn't hide a rich tea. No. Jammy Dodger, so... You know you'd hide a sort of really chunky chocolate chip. You'd hide Oreos. I wouldn't hide a rich tea. I just think, that's not worth hiding. I just wouldn't feel embarrassed by it. I'd hide, like, a pint of Haagen-Dazs. And I... Why? Why am I allowed to eat Haagen-Dazs? Why? Why am I hiding it? But it's an old trigger. It does happen all the time. It's is it a cake under here? here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I dumped a boyfriend, but I took him back when I realised I needed to move house. <laughs> and if you're listening, Athena's boyfriend... <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, moving house, it's just... Oh, there's so many boxes. Sure. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I let an entirely different man hang my pictures and I haven't ever used my little lady hammer at all but I love it and I keep it in my bedside table <laughs> with the cakes yeah <laughs> from King's Place in London. The Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with Deborah Francis White. Guest host, Athena Kablenu. And tonight's special guest, Susan Wakoma, talking about body capability. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. How many people are on the march? It was exciting, wasn't it? It was a really exciting day. Do you feel, Athena, that it's been different this weekend? Do you feel London's been different? It's been different. There's a bit of, been a bit of togetherness, you know. Uh, there's been a bit of proactivity. There's been optimism. People have been a bit negative, but we should be positive, man. People, like, millions of people went out all, all across the world. That's rare. Yeah, That's it's rare. true. It's true. There, there will always be dissenting voices, and there'll always be people who go, well, it wasn't as good as you think it was. I am a pragmatist because I like change that happens now. I can't do delayed gratification. So my goals are super achievable. Excellent. Um, are yours more achievable or yours more like, you know? I'll be honest with you. I've been waiting about 400 years to get my freedom. So we, I've, I've learned to be... Um, it's Fair, a, fair it's a, I think it's about sustained activism. So it's a case if you did march, like not what you did, it's like what you're going to do next. And what are we going to do that is like part of the solution? Because we know what the problems are, right? So what's the solution? And it's not hashtags. I wish it was. I wish it was. We'd have solved damn it, because they are you know. easy to do. I've done loads of those. So if it were hashtags, I would be like a modern day Moses. This world, we all, we all would be. There'd be yeah. like a billion Moseses. I mean, like Twitter doesn't even make money. So, you know, hashtags aren't really going to work. But, you know, 
getting opinions out is good, but what's the action? Mm. What's the action? Well, I've got the answer. I'm not talking about this too much tonight because I'm going to do a show on Wednesday where I talk about because um, I happen to have scheduled in a show for next Wednesday about activism, and so I decided for my activism challenge I would organise a group for a march because I'd been on a march before, but I'd never organised a group to join in. So we made some signs that said, the guilty feminist, unexplained public laughter disrupts the patriarchy. Because people always say, oh, I was laughing on the tube and people were staring at me. So I always think, that's a good thing. People are going, why is she laughing? Why is she happy? She's a woman, she shouldn't be. And you earn less than me, why are you laughing? So I said, well, I'll be at this spot. And I had no idea how many people were going to be there. Because they were expecting 15,000 and 100,000 turned up. So the very particular bit of traffic island I said I was going to be on, of course, I was nowhere near. I was just in this heaving mass of femininity. I, was, I wanted to say humanity, but it was a sort of, what's female humanity? It's not femininity, that sounds wrong. Femhanity. Femhanity, thank you. Thank you, Athena. Thank you. Femanity, it's good. Will that catch on, gang? Yes. Hashtag humanity. <gasps> See, hashtags do work. Yeah. You were wrong about hashtags. I take, I take it back. I take it back. Femanity. So I was in a heaving mass of humanity and couldn't find anyone. But all these brilliant guilty feminists found me. But I had to do Global Pillage, which had been programmed in like months ago. There were so many people, it didn't take off for an hour. To the extent where someone started saying, do you think everyone else is waiting for everyone else to march? And I was like, no, there must be grown-ups. There must be somebody who's going to tell us to march. And I thought, what if we just all stand here till like midnight? Anyway, eventually we did start marching, but it was so late that like, we were sort of nowhere near Trafalgar Square. And I said, guys, I've, I've got to go. And they were like, oh, don't worry, it's fine. But I honestly felt like Moses sort of going, come on, set my people free. I want to lead this. And then getting to the edge of the Red Sea and going, sorry, guys, I've got a gig. <laughs> so that was my march, was me doing the half Moses, as I shall now think of it. People can walk. They don't need to follow you. They kind of, you get the picture on a march. It's called a march. So It was march. more of a shuffle for a long time. Yeah, marching, I've been on a few marches and they're always, you know, you want to go and be like, yeah! But you're just looking at your watch most of the time going, hmm. Miss Ed Miliband, you know, like you just because if you miss because the I've missed Ed Miliband, no, we've all just, missed Ed Miliband. If it wasn't for fucking Ed Miliband, things would be. I'm glad I missed Ed Miliband. If he was there, I tell you, I'm very cross with Ed Miliband. Obviously, that's who I missed on my last march. But, you oh, know, that, just, that's a, that was yeah. a march a while ago. That was a, that was, was a, a, it was a little while yeah. ago. I haven't marched in a while, guys. Yeah, I've been, I've, I've, I've been busy. Yeah, tweeting. Oh, that, it's just that last march I went to when I missed JFK. It was just really <laughs> such a shame. Um, yeah. Did you go on that march and miss Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> um, yeah, I did. Unfortunately, he'd already been assassinated. I think I don't. I hate to tell you, but your mum's calling. She's calling. Um, do you want to just tell her you're on station feminism? Just um, say, mum, feminism needs me. She's like, can I? Like, can I do that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Just say. Um, hi, mum. <laughs> Yeah, I'm working. <laughs> Can I call you back? <laughs> but you raised the good ones, it's all good, I'm fighting the good fight. <laughs> all right, bye, Mum. Bye. It's okay, she's fine. She's like, it's probably the boiler, I'll sort it out later. <laughs> That's feminism for you. Mum yeah. calls daughter, it's the boiler, I'll sort it out. So just, yeah, I just want to talk a bit about the march because it's on all of our minds. Is anyone here who ended up on the Guilty Feminist bit of the march? Yay! Hello! <laughs> we did names on the day and I remembered absolutely everybody's names. And I want to say Shona. Very, very close. It was Good, then let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need for corrections right, then. Okay. <laughs> no, no, there is. Sorry, I'm joking. Sheon. 
Shion. Yes. Anyway, we're going to talk about activism on Wednesday, but I just wanted to talk about it. Today we are going to talk about body capability. We often think of our bodies as chiefly decorative. Like, how does my body look? And we're dissatisfied with how our bodies look. And as actually Athena suggested this topic, body capability. Why did you suggest this topic, Athena? Because I've started kickboxing. Yeah, be afraid. But I suggested it because I think it is a big thing when we talk about being female and having bodies and changing our bodies it tends to be about acceptance or for people to desire us but actually bodies are just tools you know we lift things we sometimes run if you want to run just getting out of bed doing your job and going home requires a body that functions I feel like if I'm trying to be more positive about my body I shouldn't call it a tool yeah but but maybe such a tool (laughs) yeah but maybe we would think about our bodies less emotionally Mm. if we just thought actually this is how it moves this is what it does and that's like you know like let's all think we're athletes and I think we also should mention disability because I am aware we're talking about body capability as three relatively healthy women and I'm aware that you know there was actually uh, someone I know who listens to the Guilty Feminist who's a friend of mine as well who said oh god I would love to have come to that show tonight but funnily enough body capability didn't allow because she has a disability and so if anybody is living with a disability or chronic fatigue or any of those things please understand also that this conversation is in the context of do what you can and we don't want to make you feel less than because you know, we're all going, oh, why don't you do yoga and kickboxing? It's like, yes, I would love to do that. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, Athena, about your challenge. So my challenge was to take up a martial art. So I took up kickboxing, right, which involves kicking and boxing. Like I said earlier, I do like to train. I do like to do exercise. But what's the point? Like, oh, I'm running. Well, that's fun. You know, there's only so far you can run before you have to go home again. It's kind of how it works, you know. And, you know, I can, like, lift stuff, but obviously I'm too pretty to lift stuff, so that's useless, (laughs) as I've been informed. Um, But, um, yeah, the great thing about a martial art is use your body and use your brain. No sport is really body-shaped specific. Anyone can actually do any sport. It's mythology that you're not built for something. If you want to do something, there's definitely a way for you to get involved, right? So I thought, if I can do kickboxing, I don't just become a fit person. I become, like, an intelligently fit person, you know, like, and kick someone's ass, which is cool, you know. And I used to play games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, so I can finally realise my dream and uppercut someone's head off. Um, <laughs> so that was my challenge. How did that go? Um, no, I haven't managed to remove any heads. Um, I've, only been, I've only been doing it for a couple of weeks, but I'm enjoying it. And the weird thing is, I'm finding it difficult, which is amazing because that's what you want. You want that progression. You want to be like, I'm terrible now. But in a year's time, I might be a little bit terrible. And then I might get like a green belt at some point. I don't know what you do with it. Nothing really goes with green. I don't know. That's a real I'm a feminist. I'm a feminist, but I got a brown belt. And I was like, eh, it doesn't really go with anything. Um, uh, oh, my shoes are black. You can't wear brown and black. I've done yoga for a long time. And I feel like sometimes I really like the feeling, if I've just done like anything upper body, that sometimes, I don't know if you ever get hassled in the street, but it's a psychological, it's something about the way I walk that I feel like I go, uh-huh, mm, yeah, really? You're going to follow me? Are you? Are you, though? Are you? And it makes me feel super secretly powerful. And, uh, if you're listening at home, Athena raised the little lady hammer. No, I think that's very... Co- Nobody has to be fit. You don't have to. It's a choice. You don't have to be fit, OK? But what you shouldn't think is fitness isn't for me. You shouldn't opt out of that because you think, oh, you know, you should empower yourself to kind of think, actually, this might be for me. I feel like some people want to have that kind of confidence. I want to kind of pursue 
the kind of thing just to pursue to maybe get as strong as you want to be or as fit as you want to be. But they feel like, oh, they don't want to go to the gym because they might be bullied. They don't want to be seen exercising because they're shy. And we need to make these spaces, like, a bit better yeah, for people who, like, just want to do something without feeling like they're going to be judged. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I feel like oh, that judgment is what stops people from actually making that positive step. And I just... 100% agree. Just close your eyes. Just say, hmm, if you've ever not exercised because you felt like oh i'm going to be judged or like in any way have not done a piece of exercise because of other people just say mm. if you haven't ever had that impulse say mm. wow wow yeah that's hardly so you know if you're at home like it must have been three people who didn't have the impulse everybody else has at some point not moved their body their own body because they're worried about how it would be perceived yeah that's really important I've uh, got a confession to make. I enjoy running. <laughs> I know, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. I think that the, the whole thing about exercise and serotonin, I'm sorry to say, is true. And the reason being is that when you are running, when you get to that point where you can't speak, or you can't breathe, or you can't feel your legs, you can't think about your mortgage or your relationship, <laughs> you're trying to stay alive, right? <laughs> What a great stress buster, you know? <laughs> I'm trying to stay alive, you know? I live to run another day. Um, and running as a woman is kind of interesting, isn't it? Because when I go out running, like, I am not Paula Radcliffe, but I get commentary, you know? Yeah. And it, it's along the lines of, like, yeah, go on, girl. Keep it moving. Go on. I do think the same thing every time this happens. I think, God, that is so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Because normally, right, in those moments, I genuinely am just about to stop. <laughs> but guys, and some ladies too, right, when you give me that encouragement, I can't run away quick enough. Right? <laughs> Literally, so fit because of the patriarchy, guys. So, so, so fit. But I wasn't, like, when I was younger, I was a bit bigger than I am now, and I hated my body. I hated it, and I started running for the same reason, sadly, a lot of women start running. Like, I had a big ass. I had a big ass. If I lay down on my stomach, I look like a road with a road bump in it. That, and that's normal. I'm an African dad. That's normal, okay? Like, the whole thing about big butts being fashionable, right? I'm sorry. If you get in a plane, go to Africa, get off the plane, obviously find out which country you're in. That would help. Um, <laughs> but everyone has a big butt. It's normal. It's genetic. But I hated mine. I couldn't stand it, and I started doing exercise, and then I, you know what? I started enjoying exercise. Then I started enjoying what exercise did for me, and I became a an all right runner, you know, I became a little bit strong, I can do a few push-ups, ain't gonna prove it though, so you'll never know. <laughs> and that's fine, it didn't matter what I looked like then, and it didn't matter what I looked like now, all that matters is that I'm happy. But then something happened. Kanye West <laughs> married Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and now I want my butt back. <laughs> like... <laughs> I want it back now, guys. Like, I don't mind. I don't mind there being, like, you know, social conventions on beauty, yeah? But I do mind that those conventions change. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't keep the receipt. <laughs> I want to I take it back to the shop, you know? It's not fair. It's not fair. I think that the real issue here and the real journey I've been on is that I've decided not too long ago that when you change your body, you don't change it for people to accept you. You change it to accept yourself. Okay, like I changed my body because I was like, you know, I can't find a man, you know. But that was a mistake because what you need to realise, if you're looking for a man, 
is that men are really easy. So, like, <laughs> 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 like, no matter what they're like, they're pretty low, and you know, and, and all that stuff about there being someone for everyone is it is really true. Um, I don't know what I'd change about my body now. Um, I probably wouldn't change too much. I like my stretch marks. Give up for stretch marks. Uh, but I think one thing I would change is the size of my feet, because if you have size four below, you don't pay tax. <laughs> so, trainers are cheap, but yeah, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> I see I love that beauty official beauty standards changed because I was I was young in the 90s like at uni late 90s early noughties and that was a really painful time because if you had a figure like mine because it was all Kate Moss and mm. that was like the only option um, and then when Jennifer Lopez came in that made it it does make a difference if you see representation of yourself I mean, what I'm saying, guys, is I look exactly like J-Lo. <laughs> but this is... I think that's my point. This is the point. Features that are natural to African women and, you know, by extension, African-Caribbean women are celebrated when they are not on black women. This is bizarre. Yeah. This is absolutely bizarre. Black famous women have had these bodies since they've been black famous women, you know? And so the J-Lo thing is really interesting because her ass is big. You know, but there were people, but my butt was big, but no one, you know, they didn't put me when I was going to East Finchley, <laughs> like, primary school. Well, we know when I was a young kid, you know, like, nobody spotted me and made me a superstar, and no one's done it now either, so it was all, it was all yeah. futile, all it's of it. A, yeah, it's painful for all of us who aren't J-Lo, really, actually. <laughs> J-Lo is literally the only one who's having a good time. Do you want to hear my challenge? What's your challenge? Um, <laughs> so my challenge is, I've been doing a lot of yoga for the last couple of years, and... Somebody put a link up to this YouTube page, which was 31 Days of Yoga with Adrienne. Has anyone done this? Yeah. Yeah, it's really exciting. She's a really perky Canadian woman, I think. Is she Canadian? She's so positive. She has to be Canadian. She's, like, she, I th she is? Yeah. She has the... No. She's from Texas. Yeah. Oh, I thought I had a slight Canadian accent. She's from Texas. Okay, she's so positive she has to be Texan. And, <laughs> My God, is she positive? It's half an hour a day. And so normally I would go to like three or four classes a week and there'd be like an hour and 15 or something like that. But if you're in a busy week, you find you can't, so you only get a one. And this is half an hour, but you can do it in your own bedroom or whatever. So I set myself a challenge to do it every single day. And the first two weeks, I hadn't had a holiday for ages. And I was just in a staycation. I was going to do yoga and I didn't do much. And I was just lying about. And I felt sort of just floppy about my body like I felt like I wasn't really in my body and I started to dislike my body a bit again and I really started enjoying my body because I was feeling it move and the more you use it the less you see it as decorative that's what I've discovered the more I use my body the more I get what it's for the more I let it be what it wants to be the less I think it's just there so other people can find it attractive which is you know why does my body have to be for that it doesn't so someone posted this and I was like okay I'm going to commit to doing 31 days of yoga with Adrienne and if I do a yoga class as well that's great but I am doing this and so I did about five days and then one night I think a friend had stayed over or something and I was just like oh I'm really tired you know what I'm just gonna go to bed and I'll do two tomorrow or something I told myself and I went to bed and I didn't sleep very well I couldn't get to sleep for ages and then 
I slept badly and I woke up and I was tight and I was like, wow, I really missed it. And I thought, right, from now on, even if it's two o'clock in the morning and I haven't done it, I'm better off staying up for that extra half hour and doing it and going to sleep in this really relaxed state and getting sort of at one with my mind. And so since then, I've done it every single day. And I feel amazing. I feel so much better. But it's not, the thing about yoga, it's not about how you look and it's not about having a flat stomach and it's not about those things at all. Because sometimes I do yin yoga. Have you ever done yin? I've never done yin yoga. Okay, I'm going to take you to yin yoga. Um, Because yin yoga is just basically hugging a bag. (laughs) Hugging a bag? Yeah. They give you like bolsters, like Uh, like a big bolster. Like a Prada? No, not... (laughs) (laughs) I can hug my handbags on my own. I do. do, I'm a feminist, but I do enjoy a handbag. I I do enjoy a handbag. So... Uh, no, it's like bolsters and blankets, and it's like very prop heavy. Right. So you go in, you get three bolsters and four blocks and three blankets and stuff. And then the teacher basically says, you lie down, and then you put your arms to one side and your legs to the other. But you lie there for ages, hugging a bag, for like seven minutes. And it's meant to not just stretch your muscles, but stretch your like connective tissue. Why I love it, there's no way you could lose weight doing it. So you cannot sort of go, oh, yeah, I just do exercise because I like exercise and secretly be trying to lose weight. That goes on all the time where people go, I just want to be healthy. No, you don't. You want to lose weight because you want to look like a billboard. We all know we're secretly doing that a lot of the time. Yin yoga, you cannot possibly lose weight. You can't. It's lying there. But you feel so energised and elated when you come out. It's just like this incredible self-care. And there's restorative yoga, which is even less stressful than that. It is really... It's just you don't even have to hug the bag. <laughs> Sounds like um, sleeping. It is. But it's like this incredibly restorative rest. It's incredible, but it's so good for your mind. And I truly believe it's good for feminism because your posture changes, you feel powerful, you feel all about you, you don't feel like you're just doing hundreds of horrible crunches to get mm. an inaccessible stomach that's been airbrushed onto a model who herself was crying that morning because she thought it wasn't good enough. Like, it's... This is a terrible cycle that we've got to get out of. And I honestly think yin yoga is the way forward. And I think kickboxing is another great thing that I know a lot of women do because it's active and it makes you feel kick-ass and it makes you feel like, yeah, I can punch stuff. I believe in punching and hugging exercises. <laughs> it's got a practical use. The interesting thing about yoga is it's been co-opted kind of in a Eurocentric way as exercise. But yoga originally is actually just about a way of life. Doing yoga in the morning in India is like having a coffee. You know, it's not, oh, I do yoga to do exercise. That's a really good example of that kind of yoga. It's about connecting your mind and your body and, you know, mindfulness. Before it was mindfulness, it probably had a different word. It's really hard, I think, to do yin yoga and lie there criticising yourself. It's sort of almost impossible. I mean, you probably could for the first few times, but if you keep going and you keep at it and you keep doing it, and I just love going to it. It's like a treat. It's not like, oh, I should go to the gym, which is how I always used to feel. But I also would like to try kickboxing. I'll come to kickboxing with you if you'll come to yin with me. Deal. But I think we should kick things first and then hug things. Yes, I agree with that. That's the right order. If you start hugging things, you wouldn't really kick. You just kind of just stroke with your leg. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, being that, it's not that kind of class. <laughs> well, welcome to the stage, Deborah Francis White. easy to think of your body as something chiefly decorative as that's the main function of a female body is to look pretty to others and sort of fuck what it can do or how it feels and we seem to be given that message from a very early age and I think it sticks with you and I think as much as I try and rationally get over that I still suffer from it quite regularly I've moved to a different bedroom 
we've renovated our flat. I haven't fallen out with my husband. And uh, so we've, we've got a new bedroom. And, and I thought, oh, it'd be really nice to have a sort of uh, full-length mirror, which is now on the wall opposite my bed. So there's the end of the bed and there's the full-length mirror, which I thought was great for getting ready, I thought. I hadn't thought about all the full implications of a floor-length mirror always in your way. Like when you're naked, when you're you know, just constantly there. And I was lying in bed the other day, you know, you used to do sort of propped up on my phone. And I just glanced up and saw myself in the mirror and I saw my neck. And my neck was like wrinkly and saggy. And I was like, what the fuck's happened to my neck? Like in one night. And I got out of bed and I went up to the mirror. Standing up, it was just normal. It was a normal neck. It was my normal neck. It was my normal neck. Nothing wrong with it. Look, look, that's a normal neck. There's nothing wrong with that neck. Not normal. That's the wrong word. Not, not normal. No, my usual neck. My, but not a normal neck. I mean, my normal neck. A traditional, my traditional neck. The neck I'd had yesterday was the neck I still had. And I was like, what? And I went and lay back down and propped myself up in bed. And there it was already wrinkly and saggy and I was like oh my god now could I just show you my neck there in the front row you can see my neck's not particularly saggy or anything is it okay now I'm going to show you what I could see <laughs> if I lie down like this and I'm sort of propped up can you see what I'm seeing I'm not making it up you can see it can't you you can see it you can see it and that angle and that mirror and that lighting that is a time machine to the future of my neck <laughs> That is what my neck is going to look like, and I don't know when. It could be next week, next month, five years from now, ten years from now. I have no idea when my neck will look like that all of the time. But it is going to look like that all of the time until I'm dead. And so I thought, I'm a feminist. I'm a feminist. That's okay. I've got to learn to love that neck, because that will be the neck I'll have. And what's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with having that neck, I thought. It's a fine neck. It gets me from A to B. It, it, it carries me. Well, not literally. It's my legs more that do that. But it's still... It's sort of... You know, look at what it can do. Now, if you're at home, you can't see, but it's turning beautifully up and down. My God, my neck is incredible. The amount of manipulations it makes in a day that I don't even notice. So I'm going to love the neck. I'm going to love the fuck out of that neck. And I'm going to get used to it. And then what a great opportunity to get used to future neck now, to learn to love it just from this angle in bed, looking into that full-length mirror, so that when it is like that all the time, I will already be in love with it. And so I'm lying there in bed, looking at the neck, looking at the sags and the sort of little pockets, and going, what a lovely neck. It's lovely, good, what a lovely neck. It's a lovely neck, good neck. What a nice neck, what lovely folds. What lovely bags, what lovely shadows. What a lovely turkey neck. What lovely, it's a lovely neck. It's a really good neck. And then I suddenly thought, maybe it's lying at this angle that's making it do that. Maybe if for the rest of my life I only lie flat or stand up very straight, it'll never happen. And then I thought, maybe I could just do that. And then I thought, why though? Why does my neck need to look young? Like, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because your skin loses elasticity as you get older. Why should I try and convince you that my neck's been around less long than it has? <laughs> Because that's what all the creams are for, all the adverts are for. Convince people your neck's new. <laughs> that's all it is. But why does it have to be new? People go to the doctor and they have really expensive, costly, dangerous, painful operations from plastic surgeons. And you're basically going in and saying, I'd like my face to look 21. But I was an emotional fuckwit when I was 21. <laughs> so I go to a doctor and say, could you please give me the face of someone who doesn't know it's going to cause trouble if she kisses her best friend's boyfriend? <laughs> I'd like the forehead of an idiot. It's what I want. Could you please give me the tight, high breasts of someone who thinks she knows more than her mother? <laughs> the little squeezy, compact ass of someone who has no idea how to stand up to her boss. 
What I'd like is the lineless area under the eyes of a woman who thinks she looks old and doesn't. And the doctor's like, that's what you've got now. Oh, yeah. I might just keep my money. Thanks very much. I've already got the face of a fucking idiot. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, shall we bring on our guest? I think so. Our next guest is a wonderful comedy actor and all-round brilliant person. You might have seen her in Chewing Gum or Crashing or any number of wonderful television shows. Please put your hands together and make general woo-hooing noises for Susan Wakoma. I've been eyeing it up for ages. <laughs> Look at that. Nice firm grip there. Yeah. <laughs> you can use it to fix your mum's boiler if you want. Yes, I can. I, I might take that. So body capability, mm. how do you feel about that, Susie? I used to run a lot. I still do. But then what happened was I got well into it and then I managed to get a place in the London Marathon and uh, I completed it all in one piece. <laughs> 2015, it was amazing. And then after that, I was like, yeah, done. <laughs> but I really, I had a bit of rest and I rested my muscles for a few days and I went on my first run. And I just, I ran maybe about two miles. And I just went, yeah, done. I've got, I've got the medal, I proved it. I lost a toenail, like, I actually lost a toenail. I thought, there's just, oh, I've done it now. So I really did hit a sort of wall of like, oh, you know, what else do I do with my body? But I loved running, I really, really did. And I actually started running honestly truthfully not to lose weight it was to get healthy because I was just at a point where I didn't recognize my body like what you said earlier about it felt more decorative because I wasn't using it and I remember the first few times going out to run it being traumatic because of what other people would say and and it what, was shouting terrible. insults at you I remember it was um I'd moved back home to Elephant Castle and I was running around Burgess Park and I think what it was was the men, but it was men, no, it was only men, it was only men, sorry. Um, I think they just were kind of astonished that there was a black woman exercising. I really, really feel like they were shocked by the image because there was one man, I remember, one Sunday morning who went, good for you, good for you, good for you, black woman, black woman. I just thought, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, all I'm doing is trying to get, like, a good heart. And you're telling me, like, well done for being a woman and black and running I was just like oh, this is bollocks but um <laughs> but then what I started to do is I joined running groups and running clubs and stuff and you'd run sort of en masse and that, that was well the safety there. numbers isn't there people aren't going to shout at a whole group of no. runners because they could start running at the shout and just turn en masse <laughs> like, like bees, bees. so yes I just we yeah. shouldn't have to run in a group so we should no we shouldn't though, no it's that's... bollocks I, you know after a while I got a lot better at picking people up on that. I'd, what like did you say? Oh, it was one day where I wasn't... I think I was ill. I had, like, a bit of a cold, and I thought, I'm going to do this. Go out my flat. I was stretching, like, just stretching on the wall outside my flat. This guy walked past me, and he went, ooh, you should wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Literally stretching, like, excuse me, what? So, what, what was that? He's like, oh, no, you should wear a hat because it's quite cold. It's quite cold out. I was like, no, well, actually, when you run... 
you generate a lot of heat and you need the heat to leave your body. So I don't want to wear a hat. It's not that... In my head going, why are you talking to this fool? <laughs> You know, so like the heat should leave your head, and I've got quite big hair, and um, and and he just went, oh, but I've, I've been running longer than you. What? Oh. He's like, I can just, I can. I was like, you, there is absolute. This is me, like ready to. I'm like, there is absolutely no way that you could possibly know that. And he was just like, okay, I'll just give you some advice. I'll just get. And he walked off, and I was like, mother. And I didn't go on my run. I was so, I was so livid. And then I remember, I did what everyone does nowadays. I took to the Facebook. <laughs> I was like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let me tell you what happened today. <laughs> I made it really witty. It's somewhere archived. It was very good, actually. It got a lot of likes. Um, <laughs> I just made it funny. You've got to make it funny. That's also good for your heart. It's really good for your yeah. heart, guys. If you get um, like 500 likes, it's as good yeah, as a run. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. And a lot of my mates were like, I think, Suze, I think he was, I think he was heating on you. I think it was his way of sort of going... I run too. I was like, shit, that's a shit way. Just say, I run too, do you want to go for a drink? And I'll tell you to F off. But like, get, like, don't, a hat. Was he hot though? No! I was, I didn't have that, I didn't have those glasses on. I was like, I'm going to run to do. And then he just came up in my face, outside my house. I just thought, ah, and I went in, I was like, I'm too angry. I was yeah. really angry. See, actually, I think if I'm angry, I'm more likely to run. And sometimes I think it's a good thing to do if you're yeah. angry. Because actually, when you go on Facebook, especially if you're on a phone, it makes it little and you go... Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, and everyone else goes... Me, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're pouring it into a little hole. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you're getting back all this... Stay, and stay angry. You, it needs to come out of you. And you need to run yeah. the anger out or dance yeah. the anger out. And actually, I had a personal trainer once mm. who said... If you ever can't be bothered to exercise, just put tunes on really loudly in the house. That's what I do. Around the house. That's what I do. Yeah. I try and do that every morning. Do you? Yes, I love to dance. I Dancing think... is, I love, like, not well, but just moving. No, but it, it, doesn't, and it, it doesn't matter. I bet you do do it well, though, Susie. Yeah, I'm brilliant. <laughs> I am brilliant. Because actually, I've just, I had neighbours underneath, so I couldn't dance. Not that I was dancing all the time, and there was like, banging on the door going, stop dancing. Um, but, you know, noise is a general issue. And we've just knocked through upstairs, thus the new mirror. So, so you can tap so, dance. So, so I can tap dance. Yeah, yeah basically, awesome. I've done a lofty yeah. version specifically for dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it's a lot of money, but man, is it worth it. You should see my fox chop. Um, but I think I might do that now because I'm a floor oh. away from the neighbours. Just pump the tunes on in the morning and do a dance. Do you know what I did do, guys? Because I was doing all this yoga, but I felt like sometimes if I hadn't done yoga for a couple of days, I'd feel a bit, like climb upstairs and think, oh, I was getting really fit and I was a bit out of breath yeah. and I thought I need some cardio. And especially because I'd gone to doing a lot of yin. I was doing hot yoga and that's really, hot yoga's really aerobic, but I was doing more and more and more yin, more yeah. of the bag hugging. <laughs> and so I thought I should do something aerobic. So I thought now I've got another, you know, little place to put something, yeah. I'm going to order an exercise bike. So November last year, because I thought, get in ahead of the loft conversion so that it's ready to go. Mm. Otherwise, you know. So I did all my research on the exercise bike, <laughs> on a small one, but that's good quality, that's fast, that's not too expensive. I did all my, you know, all my research. Really, a lot of research. Hours. <laughs> yeah. Lost into uh, the abyss of yeah, time. Yeah, hours of research. <laughs> of time I could have been doing cardio, researching <laughs> the best cardio machine that I could possibly use. I mean, I, it's hard for you to understand how well I was researching this. It was like I was doing an MA on exercise <laughs> 
and I ordered it and then we did the thing and then my husband would be like slightly now he's normally so supportive of everything but when I would mention my exercise bike he'd be like yeah right like, <laughs> and I'd be like don't be like that because four years ago I was totally sedentary and you know I've really changed my like my posture's different my breathing's different my impetus to exercise is different my body's different everything about me is different now and it's because of yoga because I really will go and do it and I said so you shouldn't be sniffy about it and he was like and then he went like this, looked around the room, like, where, where is the exercise bike? And I was like, all right, it's in its box, but... And I was like, but it will come out of the box. I'm waiting to build it. I've got to build it. And I didn't have a lady hammer at the time. They're really good for hanging clothes on. So you should definitely get it out of that box. And, but I feel like know. what I want to do is just find the right place for it. Because if it's... <laughs> it's not a piece of art. This is going to go on and on. Because if it's, it's in front of... If it's in front of... I thought I could listen to a podcast every day or, you know, a book on tape. I've been listening to books on tape. And, like, I could just... You know, it could be another sort of meditative activity. And when I open that box, which hasn't happened yet, but is <laughs> going to in the next week and a half, right. I'm going to give myself a deadline of a week and a half. Okay. I'm going to build it. Can anyone build an exercise bike is what I'm saying. Are you asking for labour? <laughs> you asking, yeah. You're putting an ad out. If you, if you can't be bothered to build it, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that you well, won't just, really be bothered to ride. I just feel I will be there because once it's out, I feel like I'm going to just be like, just jump on it, just put the podcast on. Just this jump on it. This, this is the an important thing about body capability. You have to want to be capable of doing it. You can like, <laughs> Not doing it when you don't want to do it, and it's okay to not want to do it. No, I think. no, no. I've, I've just got the got a, No, well. <laughs> no. Okay, so it's a challenge for me. I'll, I'll make it into a do it, do it. You said a week and a half. Yeah, I'm going right, to report okay. back because I am doing the yoga every night before bed. So I thought it'd be good if at some other point I just did 20 minutes of exercise bike, even if I only did that three or four times a week. Then I never have to visit a gym, right? I only have to do yoga because I just don't like gyms. Okay. See, I do like you, gyms. Do you like gyms? Do you? you don't have to say that like you're ashamed. It's all right to oh, like okay, them. okay. Yeah, because gyms get a hard time. I think the thing about gyms is I'm quite lucky in that I like exercise. Like, I just like it. So I feel like I don't mind going to a gym because I can do something that I like doing. Yeah, Lots that's probably people, enough now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speak freely, but... So, but on to freely. For a limited time. <laughs> I want to reframe the gym. Don't spend too long in there. 45 minutes, get in, get out. Don't yeah. even shower in them. Shower in your own shower. Very true. Yeah. To be honest, I think one of the brilliant things about gyms is the, well, they're not that budget anymore, but the, like array of budget gyms. Because for me, that was what the problem was when I was like, right, I want to get healthy. I'd run on the street and people would be like, black woman running. I was like, right, can't do that. Um, <laughs> and I was like, where can I, where can I run where they're just like less likely <laughs> to... Really? Shout, shout it's like, really true. Okay, do you know, yeah, they do. But do you know what? But yeah. you know what? Woman running. Well, yeah, like, like, as in like, as in like, well done. Like, well done. You go get, on, girl. You get a lot of oh, go on, girl. Like the do comedy it. I did was really based on real experiences that I'm not aware. I mean, if you think running's bad, try cycling. Oh no. I've been at traffic lights. <laughs> And this is not where, and I'm on my bike, I'm in the middle of the road, and then you can hear the window being wound down. Oh. <laughs> and you just think, like, I'm trying to stay alive. You know, like, I'm on the road, you're on a lorry, I'm on a bike. Uh, this is only going to end in one way, and that is me pedaling as fast as possible. Out, you know, I don't what do I they say? Oh, things like, all right, life, how's it going? A bit cold there, it's warmer in my van. Oh. 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 What are they hoping? Oh. 
hoping for? Are they honestly yeah. hoping you're going to go, like, oh, okay, let me I'll just my throw my bike onto the side of the road and climb into your van? I've had it all. I've had my butt spanked, although that hasn't happened for a while. Yeah. What? I've been going up a hill and uh, no. I've had someone go, you know, I don't know if any, any cyclists here, any female cyclists, but it's not the rarest. All male cyclists, all male cyclists. this might happen. Yeah. So just any women being accosted while they're on the bike, just go, hmm? Men? Oh, a man has. There you go. Oh, yeah, that was me because I wanted to get one back. <laughs> so I saw him earlier. Sorry. <laughs> it's definitely changed um, when I first started running, which was like 2012, 2013. But I remember doing the London Marathon. I think we were at the Isle of Dogs. I remember just going, I've not, not been here. I've not been here. It's quite nice, actually. It's not. Sorry. <laughs> and um, so it's really I remember seeing this black woman with her little daughter. They've come from church, like Nigerian, like proper head wrap, standing there. And I remember her pointing at me and pointing at her daughter, saying, You can do that. See, Aww. you can do that. And yeah, I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> I was so emotional. I was a mess. I was laughing, crying, pissing. <laughs> <laughs> It was all good. It was just the ugliest but most beautiful thing. My body was doing it all. Everyone's body was just... See, this was actually during the marathon. During the marathon. Right, I was going to say, I was thinking, you weren't just out for a jog. No, and then, no. like, that, I was doing it all. I was like, just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, but that is goal. amazing. Yeah, this is why we need all sorts of positive role models. Exactly. One of the reasons why I found it difficult to start running was because a lot of the people that I would see that would run on the street didn't look like me, ever. But I think, for me, when I think of famous athletes, yeah. I always think of famous black athletes. Yeah, but they don't look like me. There is diversity within, you mm. know, black women. And yeah. sometimes, yeah. Like, yeah. that's very off like, You know, when people sort of go, if we're talking outside um, fitness, people go, oh, you know, there's Oprah and there's... You know, there's oh, who else? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Obama. And I yeah. just go, oh, oh, Halle Berry. I'm like, yeah, awesome. Uh, I don't see myself in Halle Berry. Like, but you should, because she's half black. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, it doesn't work like that. It is specific. There has to be diversity in what. Yes, see. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I look at Serena Williams. I think she's amazing and Venus, but they're still not like me. There's a real mythology about black people, specifically African people, being naturally athletic, like. We're not. <laughs> like, we're no more likely to be athletes than anyone else. It's just like there are fewer barriers to athletic achievement if you're black. So that tends to be why we overachieve in the sporting arena. Because if you're a black boy and you can kick a football, guess what? They'll be like, oi, Dave, you keep doing that. You might go far. Whereas if, you know, if you're not black and you can kick a football, it's like, well, when you're finished, go inside and do your maths homework. Being uh, flippant, but that's generally what happens. And so we're not more likely to be athletes because of anything genetic. It's more social. So that is of putting especially if you're a woman, because, you, you know, my role model as a young person was Denise Lewis. Now, that woman, right, that, that stomach, you know, it's unattainable. It's, you know, it, but, you know, she's beautiful, she's athletic, she was a, she, an amazing athlete, but, we, you know, we have no, nothing in common, actually, other than being black. The mm. diversity between myself and Denise Lewis is just the same as the diversity between myself and you. You know, we're just as different. So is what you're saying, like, sometimes women are asked to see any woman as a role model, whereas men are just people? So when you tell male stories in movies are just stories. Yeah. But, oh, it's a female film, so this is a woman one for women. Yeah, Be- women. And you must all, like, it's sort of like, you know, the film Bridesmaids. It was like, are you happy now? <laughs> <laughs> You've got ten years, shut up. You've done it. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. Go away. Like, the Pete Nyong'o 
she won the Oscar. They were like, we've done it now. Don't bother us for 20 years. Come on. Like, it's like, but no, I look at her and I go, she's great. She's really talented, but she looks like a model. I don't have the same body. Like, there are things about her that are going to open doors for her and there are things about me that are completely different. But it's like, you know, as a black woman, I feel like anyone who's, like, marginally sort of the same as you, it's like, there's one. Yeah. Go on, identify with that. Go on, go on. Like, yeah. No, it's so much more complex. Um, so that's why it was so helpful when I said, but there are black athletes. <laughs> <laughs> there are all sorts of black athletes. Ben, Venus. There's Fatima Whitbread. Serena. <laughs> you've no, got several. You've got loads. You've got loads. <laughs> what are you complaining about? <laughs> Oh and there's Oprah. There's she identifies sure freely. She Anything you want to do, just look at Oprah, and she's probably done it this morning. Um, a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Any questions? Any questions? Yes, the question there. So we've been talking a lot about women doing exercise, um, but I think there's a lot of stigma attached to do with women becoming more muscular. Um, mm. Especially, I remember, I did martial arts ever since I was tiny. I remember being 15 and doing a lot of sit-ups. I had kind of a six-pack coming, and then people told me it wasn't good for women to have six-pack, that's not attractive. So at 15, I obviously panicked. And like, I do weightlifting as well, and I go to the gym, and it's all men everywhere in the weightlifting section. It's really quite intimidating. Mm. So I don't know what can be done to teach women it's okay to have muscles mm. as well as to be fit. Gosh, it's a, it's a mind fuck, all of that, because it's like, be strong, but don't be bloody too strong. How dare you? Mm. Like, I, okay, there was one girl at my drama school who was naturally just very, very, very muscly, and she was constantly being told, stop working out. And she did, and she tried it, because it was something to do with holding tension in your body. And what they try and do at drama school, a lot of drama schools, is that to get rid of tension so that you're more connected with your body. And blah, blah, blah. But some people hold tension in different places. Like I remember being in um, Alexander Technique, which is basically about your posture. And I remember one of the teachers sort of trying to smooth down the small of my back. And obviously, well, not obviously, but my, the small of my back does this. This is my back, and then my bum sort of does, comes out. She kept trying to... Smooth it down. <laughs> what, iron your bum down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get 
copper close. In, like, there's no barrier. Where did there. you go to drama school out of interest? I went to the RADA. Did you go to the RADA? I did go to the RADA. Yeah, yeah, I did go to RADA, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, she's really trying to do it. And I was like, oh, I, I remember looking around and going, oh, no, that's just, um, that's just, that's just how it is. And she's like, copper, like, it. She's like, no, no, you're holding, you're holding your back, you're holding your back. You're sort of, I was like, no, genuinely, that's just the way it goes. It's tension. And I really tried, and then for a few months I was sort of doing this. <laughs> and then when I left drama school, I just went, yeah, no, that's not working for me. Like, you've, I, I feel, when you get fit, you know what your body looks like and how it feels like. And that's all that matters, is how you feel within your skin. You know when it doesn't feel right. And, you know, and also the weight section. I mean, I got to the point where I just like, move, move, get out of the way when I want to use weights, because I was doing a lot of cardio and I realised, oh, I need to be strong i've got very thin neck muscles weak neck muscles i was told thin. <laughs> and uh, there's not one bit of me that's that i assure you and uh, but and i realized i had to use weights and it just got to a point where i was like well if i don't use weights the muscles mm. are going to get trapped i was like get out of the way so i just would do it unashamedly and nine times out of ten they do just move i know what you mean and i think women are entitled to diversity so some women are not muscly and are never going to be muscly some women are muscly and want to be muscly and want to cultivate that. And there are, there are all sorts of women. Why can't we be all of those things? Mm. There are more role models and there are more possibilities for men. You can see on television lots and lots of different sorts of men, but there's only certain sorts of female shapes that we see. And I hear women say, and probably, you know, I've thought it before, that a woman who over body builds, why am I saying over? A woman who bodybuilds, yeah. oh, is that attractive? When I was younger, I would have thought that. And now I kind of go, that's what she wants to be. And that is a beautiful specimen of femanity. Femanity, yeah. Femanity, absolutely, yeah. And we need to get the idea of diversity out there. If you've asked that question, if you're a role model for muscly women, then like that little girl that ran past Susie at the marathon, another little girl will go, I can be that. Did you have a question? Yeah, it's about uh, body capability for young girls. I'm thinking about in schools. I did some uh, work. I went in as a mental health practitioner doing uh, drama workshops with these girls who had such issues with their bodies. They couldn't stand straight. They couldn't stand close to each other. And I'm thinking, you made me think about school as a space, like sports, so many people hate PE and that's the only time we're encouraged to be physical in school otherwise you just sat behind your desk and no confidence in those areas and we're doing loads of drama workshops and we did this one thing where we we got all the girls to lift each other up so they were they were acting as support or they'd be lifted and it just that one exercise just transformed them they felt powerful they were to each other supporting each other so my question is what that's that's not in the mainstream of course what can we do for young girls? I guess, depressingly, we need more funding. And it feels like we're coming into a mm. time when there's all sorts of rumblings about Trump going to cut all the funding for absolutely everything that isn't rich, white, billionaire men. And I worry here about, as we leave Europe, that there were a lot of things that, as a lot of friends of mine who we, you know, had various projects that were funded through Europe and they're going to lose that funding. So I guess what we can do is grassroots community stuff where what can we volunteer uh, we also need to be pressuring the government not to cut funding and doing those things, but in terms of what I can personally do, mm. like I've been thinking of, you know, teaching improv classes in places where people wouldn't normally get that. So it could be prisons, refugees, foster children. So I wonder if we all, you know, Athena was saying at the top about uh, what are we going to do next? Mm. Like we've marched, <coughs> yay. What happens after we stop marching? And it's so easy just to go, we got a lovely, lated feeling, but yeah. can we all contribute one small thing if we all 
say, how many volunteer hours are we prepared to give this year? And it can be one, it could be six, it could be 18, it could be, it depends how much time we've got. Some people have kids, some people have many more responsibilities. But, like, can you do one or can you do 100? Like, pick a number between those and then work out how you're going to do it. I've gone on a lot of marches. And for me, Saturday was just another one, was the one before the next one. And I feel like, hopefully this year, as you said, is going to be the year that people wake up and realise that you have to actually be active. It's about people being prepared to give up their time, to make time, to volunteer and to get organised and to get angry, to get mm. angry because mm. I feel like that is fuel for change. I feel like anger gets a sort of bad rep and I feel like as long as we're all doing that and we're each doing our bit, whether it's an hour a week or a few hours or getting your family involved, that's the way forward because, I mean, government funding, I don't know. I don't... I don't I, I don't hold my breath for um, initiatives for young women and health and fitness, whether it's physical or mental. Yeah, I've got a very boring answer to this, and that is basically, um, and you might have your own persuasion, but don't vote Tory, <laughs> because... <laughs> you, like, and that's, that's a suggestion, not an instruction, but, you know, you know... <laughs> Just to keep it neutral, but the, 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 the issue, the issue <laughs> specific to your issue, sports in school is getting less and less funded and it is going to be underfunded. The whole point of London 2012, this is, I don't want to be London-centric, the whole point of it was actually to get a new generation into sport. If you remember it, the slogan was inspire a generation. Literally, that after the Olympics ended, the next day, uh, Michael Gove said, we're going to sell some sports fields now. This is historical fact. It's, so, you know, and, this, and this is what's happening. So we're in a climate where just generally the idea of being a young, active person is not something that is a priority for the government. So imagine empowering young women to be active. It's not a priority. I could do more because I'm a, a youngish, <laughs> active person. So, yeah, I think volunteering is something we can do. Be visible. So to the lady who uh, does martial arts, like, Instagram yourself. If you don't want to Instagram yourself, like, you know, I don't know if you have younger cousins or children but like be visible now is not the time to be shy and I know it's so hard to not be shy I'm a shy I'm an introvert believe it or not but now is the time to be like you know what I firstly feel like when I'm on my bike and I'm riding across London like I'm sure people can see me I know the guys can see me because they're telling me they can see me so <laughs> so it's a case of if you feel like doing something don't make the reason you don't do it be oh you know mm. what if like generally be active and be out there but my personal commitment and if I come back again my challenge will be to do some volunteering I think with young people I know so much about what it is to be active um, going on the weights thing like for example like you have to do weights and cardio at the same time cardio is yeah. on its own mm. is just so bad for you so yeah be visible that's my thing audience see from you hear from you uh, further well uh, the second series of chewing gum is out at the moment so that's on uh, e4 thursdays 10 p.m and uh, crazy head which is another e4 netflix show is on all four at the moment for your perusal at any time and can we follow you on twitter yeah you can do at susan underscore wakoma there we go great and also please give it up for athena cableno <laughs> Do you have anything to plug? Just go to my Facebook page and like it, please. That'd be fantastic. You know, I am a comedian and I perform all over the place and all my dates are on my Facebook page and my website. So if you're interested in seeing me perform comedy about stuff other than body positivity, it's normally white supremacy. Um, <laughs> 
to be honest. So if, if you enjoy... <laughs> um, yeah, we so do again, need to know um, more about that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also, presumably, you're on lots of black athlete pages. Uh, because that would be amazing. Um, is someone here from Bloody Good Period? Yes. Could you just stand up and tell us what you're doing? If you have a tampon or anything, or if you've brought anything, especially if you saw it on Twitter, we did put it on Twitter and Facebook, so if you saw it and you brought any, or you've got anything, or can they give money? Okay, so you can give money online if you didn't bring anything. Um, thank you so much. What's your name? Uh, Maraid. Maraid. Yeah. Big round of applause, Maraid. Maraid can't take your money, but we can uh, because we've got T-shirts. This one says, some days even my life doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Um, and this one says, I'm a feminist butt, and they're in various sizes, and they're really good fun. And we also have phone covers with the Guilty Feminist logo. Oh, that's, that's caused a flurry of excitement. People, people there had a nearly small orgasm over there. It's like, oh, I've got a phone cover. We're also doing some workshop days, which we've been talking about for a while, but we wanted to you know, organise them properly and get it right. And there's also going to be a corporate leadership day. The regular workshop days will be a regular price. The corporate leadership day is more of a little bit more corporate price. 22nd of May, the corporate leadership one is. So it's basically get your company to pay for it. It's £195, but there are some £10 places because we want to have people on who wouldn't otherwise get to go on. And we're going to have on that a special episode of The Guilty Feminist that will only be for the people that are here or will probably put it out on some other sort of track with a negotiations expert who negotiates with hostages for a living. Not with hostages, she negotiates with the people that have got the hostages. <laughs> oh. um, and I just realised that. Follow The Guilty Feminist on Twitter at guiltfempod. Check out our Instagram, instagram.com forward slash The Guilty Feminist. Like our Facebook page. Sign up to our mailing list to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. And please go to iTunes and rate, review and subscribe. It helps other people find the podcast. And give it five stars. <laughs> <laughs> to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, guest host Athena Kamlenu, and our special guest Susan Wakoma. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. The music was by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Selinski for The Spontaneous Shop. Thanks to Zoe, Meta, Sally, and everyone at King's Place, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Titles, and that will be it for this first half. So these work very much like the opening titles. I'll point to Deborah, she'll start reading. I'll point you will start clapping. This will go for a little bit longer, but just watch me as I guide you through it. Be guided by the man, or you won't know what to do. He's the one that. Why is it like being back at Cambridge? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That must. But Cambridge is nice, isn't it? I am going to get a webcam <laughs> and I'm going to point it at the box with the exercise bike in it. <laughs> and I'm going to put the URL on the Facebook page. And we'll see. We'll see. Uh, 
seriously, is there anyone that can make an exercise bike? <laughs> All I've got is a hammer. <laughs> if you haven't worked it out, he's my husband. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com